This is Just Fantasy Baseball. We're bringing you the best fantasy baseball coverage around. I'm your host, Colby Olson, joined here by Clay Snowden, my co-host. Today, we're going to be breaking down the top 10 third basemen for fantasy baseball in 2023. Last week, we broke down shortstops. We're moving on to third base, and you know, you're, you're going to hear a lot of the, the familiar names here at third base because it's just a star-studded position at the top. Um, you know, there's a fun prospect in here. Maybe two fun prospects that we need to talk about. And then a couple guys, a couple more guys that you kind of know about. You know what you're getting, some big time sluggers. Um, but yeah, overall, it should be a pretty quick rundown here. A lot of these guys, you know, you might already know. And you probably do know if you've played fantasy baseball before. But if you haven't played fantasy baseball before, you're playing fantasy baseball for the first time. Well, we're going to break it all down for you anyways. So, Clay, what's going on, man? You ready to talk third baseman? I am. It's a pretty straightforward group. Like we said before we hit record here, it's a lot of names that are established and kind of are what they are. A couple of fun prospects and some, you know, fine options at the back end. I feel like the other top 10 lists have kind of more gradually gone down. This is like big time, big time, big time. It's two, tiered for sure. Yeah. It, like the tiers are massive how how much of a difference there is and yeah, i don't I think mean, the depth options outside of the top 10 are that great it's an we'll interesting position because i feel like a lot of the other positions i only like maybe two three four guys at the position in the top 10 and i would feel comfortable drafting them at third base like uh, most of these guys i would feel comfortable drafting it just depends where in the draft I get them, you know, yep. but I, I, most of these guys I'm like, all right, the end of my team sounds good. Like I know what I'm getting here. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, let's just get into it. Coming in at number one is Jose Ramirez. Who's been, you know, a top five fantasy baseball player for what feels like the last five years, right? This is a guy that has been, you know, locked in for 30 home runs a year, 20 plus stolen bases a year. You know, an average near 300. Sometimes it's dip below that. He's an extreme fly ball hitter. And last year he drove in a career high. I mean, like a, an insane amount of runs. 126 RBIs last year. His career high before that was just 105. So just an unreal fantasy season for a player that's been taken in the top five now for a long, long time. And I see no reason not to take Jose Ramirez in the top five yet again. I would take him potentially top two or three. I mean, he's going, he could be your first pick. Like it, it just depends what you want. I, I think he's right. He's in the conversation for, for that, for sure. Yeah. And he's a guy who I'm always going to target in the first round of the guy that I'm going to try to draft. If I'm not in the back half of the draft, you know, he'll be gone by then. But a guy I always want on my team. Um, he also has been healthy. He plays a ton of games, um, a great approach at the play, 10% walk, 12% K rate. Like you said, hits the ball in the air quite a bit, but he's going to steal you some bags. Um, he's just a fun player to watch and just an extremely great hitter. Um, definitely a guy worthy of a first-round pick. The interesting thing, and it needs to be brought up, um, is that one, his hard hit rate dove 
back to where it kind of was for most of his career. In 2021, he had a 42% hard hit rate. Last year, dove down to 36%. Um, He also posted a big dip in barrel percentage last year, down from 11% in 2021 to 6% last year. And some of the expected metrics last year didn't look too great, right? His expected batting average last year was actually the lowest expected batting average of his entire career at 255. And his expected slugging percentage was more than 100 points lower than his actual slugging percentage. I don't know if how much weight to put into that because Jose Ramirez is and always has been an extreme pole hitter and an extreme fly ball hitter. So he tends to, you know, overperform his home run metrics um, and just kind of his metrics overall, just kind of the, the hitter he is. He, he's very advanced, kind of like a Xander Bogarts, right? These guys are just like year in, year out. They're overdoing it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to put too much weight into it. But, yeah, I think regardless of, of how hard he's hitting the ball, he pulls the ball enough where he's going to hit 30 home runs, regardless, with 20 stolen bases. So you're locked in with the, with Jose yeah. Ramirez. Have no fear. All right, let's move on to the second guy here, Manny Machado, coming in um, as the second third baseman. And, again, Manny Machado last year had – a career year. What did he finish second in MVP? Um, crazy he, year. Crazy year. Clay, here's a fun one for you, though. First time in Manny Machado's career that he's gone over 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, and 100 runs in the same season. Never done that before. So that was the first time last year. And he almost hit over 300. I was so close. 298 last year. Um, but, yeah, what an incredible season for Manny. You kind of know what you're getting at this point, like 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, well, 100 runs, like 10 stolen bases, close to 300, right? That's kind of what I want to bring up. Like, he is a phenomenal player, and I'm a huge fan. Don't get me wrong. I don't want this to sound like negative because it's not. But the year he put up last year was so incredible. I'm wondering if he can put up those same numbers this year. Um, we all know the, you know, phenomenal lineup. He's going to be hitting in the middle of that lineup, like, all the talent in the world, but like you said, 32 home runs, 100 runs, 102 RBIs, 290 hitter. Like those are incredible numbers. You would, like you said, it's the first time in his career. It's more likely than not that those numbers will be slightly lower. Now that doesn't change the tier of player he is necessarily, but I don't know if he's going to be able to put up those monstrous numbers across the board again. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually agree with you, man. I mean, you brought this up, I think, when we talked about JT Real Muto, about how he kind of had this, like, every other year phenomenon. Yeah. And and Manny Machado actually has it, too, where, like, one year he'll just go off. The next year, and this is from a WRC Plus standpoint, so I don't know how fantasy relevant it is. But, you know, I think I think that's the beauty of a Manny Machado is, you know, regardless of if he's putting up a 140 WRC plus or he's putting up a 110 WRC plus he's hitting 30 home runs with close to hundred runs in RBIs and like close to 10 stolen bases. He might give you, he might not give you as much in the average department if it's a down year, which is a very scarce thing in fantasy baseball. And it's very important to Manny Machado's value. Um, but Manny Machado is also at a point in his career where he's hitting the ball hard 50% of the time. And, you know, just crushing the ball, right? So I don't know how much weight to put into, you know, last year, 264 expected batting average versus a 298. Like, 
kind of weird, kind of like Jose Ramirez where he kind of outperformed. Um, but I'm not sure I'm going to let it dissuade me from, from taking him. But I will say ADP 14. So you're taking him, you know, kind of in the beginning of the second round. And there's two guys after him that I might want to take instead. And I think we should talk about, I think we should talk about both Rafael Devers and Austin Riley together. I'm not sure who to rank three and four. Like I'm going to say three A and three B because here's why Clay. They both have ADP 20. They're both entering their age 26 seasons. They're both coming off career highs in WRC plus. And by the way, they both own hard hit rates of nearly 51%. Like their profiles of being, you know, 35 home run hitters near 300 average, hundred runs, hundred RBIs. It's nearly identical. So I'm not really sure who I like more versus Devers versus Riley. I think that's like a personal preference. Like I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'll probably take Devers because I just want to watch. I him want Riley. So it works out. You select it works Devers, out, I'll right? select Riley. But I would say that I would rather have, if you give me Manny Machado at pick 14, or I can take Riley or Devers at pick 20. I mean, obviously that's not going to work always because of the way the yeah. draft is structured. But like, you know, I, I think I would rather have Riley endeavors later, but you can't go wrong with Machado. And Riley posted a 15% barrel rate last year with a 50% hard hit rate. This guy just crushes the ball. 142 WRC plus Um, is the question I have is, you know, Austin Riley's an incredible bat. Is there another level that he could reach? Or is this like, I mean, I don't know how much better he can really get because if you get better than what he's doing, you're talking like MVP discussion. Like, does he have another level in his game, or is this kind of what you see him as, which is still a all star caliber player? But yeah. if he has another level, he should be the t- near the pretty much one or two on this list. I mean, you can always you can always do something better, right? Um, yeah. I think for Austin Riley, it's it's cutting the case. Because, you know, right now he's, he's striking out 24% of the time, which is fine. I mean, he had a 142 WRC plus last year, 38 home runs. I mean, it's a ridiculous profile. But if you if he wants to take that next step, and this is why Rafael Devers is has a higher average than him. Because Rafael Devers strikes out 18% of the time versus 24% for Austin Riley, right? So if he could cut his K percentage under 20%, I think that would improve his average a good amount. Um, and yeah, you could always walk more, but yeah, Clay, I think you're absolutely right. Like Austin Riley and Devers are both entering age 26 season. Like they're both entering the primes of their careers where they're going to be talked about as potential MVP candidates. Um, so I don't think you can go wrong drafting either. And for me, I would rank them the same and it's all up to you, like personal preference, like who you want, right? I think Devers has more average upside. I think Austin Riley might have more home run upside just because he hits the ball in the air a little bit more. Um, but it's pretty dang close. I noticed you don't mention anything about the Red Sox lineup, Colby. What do you mean about the Red Sox I'm just, lineup? <laughs> I'm just trying to fire oh, you. Oh, now you're opening up Sox. a can of worms on me. All right, let's talk about the Red Sox lineup because I think it's it's completely fine. Devers is hitting, you know, second, third, fourth in this lineup. Um, you know, Masataka Yoshida has been added to the lineup. I'm expecting a Verdugo bounce back in this lineup. You have Tristan Casas now in this lineup. Like, yeah. Is it not great having Christian Arroyo starting at second base? Yeah, it's not great. But 
Also, Adam Duvall has been a very good hitter yeah. in years past. And adding him is a sneaky addition to this team, um, especially as an extreme fly ball pole hitter at Fenway Park. Like, I don't know yeah. if you've seen the overlay for him hitting in Fenway Park. He would no, have had I, like... I, um, I was saying more in reference to the Braves lineup. If you're in between the two, that may be a decision maker I for mean, you. But I mean, like you said, you literally cannot go wrong. If both are on the board, just flip a coin if you can't decide. And I'm sure you'll be happy. I mean, like. Devers last year, 84 runs, 88 RBIs in a really brutally bad Red Sox lineup for the second half of the season. Like everybody was hurt and it was just a dumpster fire. Austin Riley, 38 home runs, but he only did, he only had 90 runs and, and 93 RBIs. So, like, it wasn't that much of a difference. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not really concerned about the Red Sox lineup. And, you know, the Braves lost Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Right. They true. lost, they only lost. I think Acuna bounces back this year. Right. They have some bounce back candidates, but I want to talk know, about man. the next guy on the list. Yeah. You go for it. Nolan Arenado here. Uh, you know, he had a huge, huge, huge 2022. Uh, 151 WRC plus, and that's after posting a 113 WRC plus in 2021 and a 76 in the COVID year. Um, I think that no one expected him to be this electric at the plate. Like I expected him to be good, but I mean, he was otherworldly. Same with Goldie. And they were just this one, two punch. That was incredible. Um, I actually expect his numbers to tick down quite a bit. Um, it's not because I don't like the player. Um, he is pull happy. Every single home run went to left field. Um, a pull happy hit hitter with 30 home runs last year, 73 runs, 103 RBIs, five stolen bases. Um, a little bit of stolen base sprinkled in here and there compared to the last names that we just talked about, but what are your thoughts on him? He's just an interesting player that I just cannot see duplicating the year that he just had. And we know a lot of people will draft, whether it's right or wrong, and depending on your leagues, off the previous year's success or failures. Clay, when was the last time Nolan Arenado had less than 30 home runs and less than 100 RBIs? Excluding the COVID year. Excluding COVID, yeah. I don't know. 2014. 24. Coors effect, man. Coors. 10 years. It's been almost 10 years since Nolan Arenado did not have more than 30 home runs and more than 100 RBIs. Like, he has been locked in every single year. I mean, even in 2021 when he hit 255, like you mentioned, a 113 WRC plus, right? 34 home runs, 105 RBIs, and 81 runs. Like, he's just locked in for that because – as you mentioned, the profile is extreme pull. He hits the ball hard enough, right? 39% hard hit rate. What's his pull rate? I mean, it's got to be insane. 48%. His, yeah, his spray chart's kind of funny to look at. <laughs> but a 50% um, fly ball percentage, that might be the, that's got to be up there in the entire league. I, I'm pulling this yeah. up real quick because it's got to It's not be. that I don't think he's a good player. It's just. Would you want to draft him? I, I feel like a lot of people are going to draft him based off of last year's numbers. Um, yeah, even I mean, though I, I know I that's think, not how it works. 
I think you're right. Like, I think ADP 31 for him is, you know, maybe it's high. I don't know. I like, I was looking at the board in preparation for this episode and I couldn't justify like taking other guys that are ranked behind him ahead of him. Like, I think (laughs) where he's going is perfectly fine because you know what he's going to give you. And I think the only question, the question mark for him is the average. Like, what... What is the average going to be? Is it going to be 293 again? I highly doubt it because he has an average launch angle over 20 degrees. He has the third highest fly ball rate in baseball behind Kyle Schwarber and Jose Ramirez. So just extreme fly ball guys. Um, There's actually two other third basemen that we're going to talk about in this episode that are in the top 10 in fly ball rate. Mookie Betts is 11th, by the way. Did not expect that. I would not not expect him to be as, as high as he is, but yeah, man, I, I can't justify, like, ranking him lower than, like, It makes 30s. sense where he is. Like, he's right it's next just... to Jose Altuve, and, like, I don't know. Like, it's tough. I could see taking either one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really tough. It really is tough. It really is tough. So, let's get to another guy um, that is actually on this fly ball list. Alex Bregman, uh, 48% fly ball percentage. And what are we up to now? on this list number six up to number six okay so alex bregman coming at number six he's kind of on his own island um at the beginning of the episode we talked about how you know we talked about four guys in the top 20 then we we're at arenado adp 31 and now we move back bregman's kind of on his own little island going adp 70 um huge bounce back year for him last year clay because he was dealing with yeah. injuries you know during 2020 he was dealing with injuries in 2021 um and so last year was kind of his first the first year we've seen alex bregman like truly healthy in a while also i feel like in my brain i think alex bregman is like 30 or 31 already like he's arenado's age and he's he was fully 28 last year like he's still 28 he has not turned 29 yet so um no 259 last year, 23 home runs, 93 runs and RBIs apiece. Struck out, you know, 11% of the time last year, lowest strikeout rate of his career. The power jumped back up. Um, you know, it was a really really solid year. The interesting thing about Alex Bregman is that extreme fly ball rate because for a guy that strikes out only 11% of the time, you would not expect him to have never hit above 300 in his entire career, right? 259 last year, 270 in 2021. He hit 296 back in the did he win MVP that year? Or did he come in second to be out in trout? 296, 41 home runs, 122 runs, and 112 RBIs. It was an insane year. But yeah, man, I I what do you think of Alex Bregman? I want to hear your thoughts first. So he's a pretty safe bet, in my opinion. Like his approach alone is going to give him a high floor. He's, he may not have the highest average on this list or anything like that, but uh, he'll put up a decent amount of home runs. He's in a fantastic lineup. Like, I think he's a safe, sure thing, um, especially if you it, – it all just – in the players we've talked about, I would select every one of these players, like, on my team. I'm not avoiding any of these guys in particular. It just depends on where my other, you know, team construction looks like, what I need at those rounds. It just depends but, on, like – what position you're drafting in. Yeah. And if you want to go Alex Bregman, I don't think you will be upset at all. Like I think his floor is high. 
And um, but there's another guy on this list that you may want instead of him. I know that you want to talk about him, but Bregman doesn't strike out. I mean, he walked. He had a higher walk rate than strikeout rate last year. And like I said, he'll put up a decent, a, a good amount of runs, RBIs, and a decent amount of home runs at the very minimum. Yeah, I mean, I would almost expect more run production from him. Yeah, like it's almost weird that he only hit. 93 runs and 93 RBIs, but I guess it was only 23 home runs. Like I would think I, I don't know if it's that bold to say that Alex Bregman could hit 30 plus this year. Like if the ball changes just a little bit in his favor, he could definitely hit 30 home runs again, which he hasn't done since 2019, but I could see it. So yeah, I'm I'll be targeting ADP 70. Why not? So, I mean, another guy I'll be targeting and it's a, it's a tough one because Coming in after Alex Bregman is Gunnar Henderson, who we've yeah. seen only in 34 games at the big league level. And, you know, the the precedent or like the history for young players, rookies being ranked in the top 100, I don't think is very good. Like I no. for them to for them to produce at the level of their ADP for a rookie to produce at the level of ADP in the top 100 you have to have a pretty insane season. But if there was a player to do it, it would be Gunnar Henderson, right? He came up last year. He had four home runs in 34 games. He hit 259, 26% strikeout rate, 12% walk rate. Like his approach was very solid. And oh, by the way, he had a 52% hard hit rate. No, 53.7% hard hit rate. I want to get every percentage on that because that's insane. 9.8 barrel percentage. He hit the ball on the ground a ton. But that's what happens to a lot of these young guys when they come up, right? They're just like, they're seeing the ball a little different. It's a little different at the big league level. But before coming up last year, Gunnar Henderson, Gunnar Henderson, I would be comfortable calling him maybe the best hitter in the minor leagues last year, at least top three, right? He hit 312 with eight home runs and 12 stolen bases um, and had 176 WRC plus at double A. And then he goes up to AAA. He hits 288 with 11 home runs, 10 stolen bases, a 137 WRC plus. Then he comes up a 125 WRC plus. Like he's just hit at every level. And last year, the swing came together. He hits the ball really, really hard. He steals bags. He's going to hit for power. Um, So like I, for me, I don't think there's not a big question mark here, like whether he does produce. So I think like the floor is still pretty high for Gunnar Henderson here. Like I think at the very minimum, he's going to produce at a top 125, a top 150 value for you. But it's just the question, like, can he take the next step and be a top 50 player for you this year? I don't know about that. It's just very hard to do as a rookie, but I, yeah, maybe. And I love him as a player. I mean, I like all the guys on this list, a 12% walk rate. It was a tiny sample size, but for someone who's never seen MLB pitching to be put in that position and still walk at 12%, it's it's pretty good. Now, like I said, small sample size, but it all comes down to the value here, here where he's being dry. He's never had a walk rate below 12% since high A. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great approach at the plate. And, but with me, it, it's like you kind of said, I always... I'm hesitant with the with rookies, especially drafted this high, 
Because what happens is somebody else in your draft is going to probably take him higher than projected because somebody wants Gunnar Henderson because they like the same things that we like. They get excited about him being on your team on their team and they're willing to reach some. So for me, I'm a little hesitant to draft him where he's probably going to end up, even though I do like him. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of where I stand on him. It's yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I would draft, I would reach for him a little bit. Um, I would take him at the end of the top 100 here, like between 80 and a hundred. Why not? Right. The projection systems have him for, you know, 20 home runs, 10 stolen bases, I don't really know where he's going to end up runs RBIs wise. Let's just say he ends up 80 runs, 80 RBIs, and he hits like 260 to 270, which I think he could do because he hits the ball really hard. Like the strikeout rate of 26%. Okay, it's a little high, but when he does make contact, it's really hard. His batting average balls in play has been above, you know, 330 his entire career. Um, So I think that's doable. I'll say draft because this is an exciting really really exciting player and i don't think he's gonna skip a beat and he's immediately gonna come up and be good and people are drafting as such so respect to gunner let's move on because we got another rookie to talk about clay or is he no he's not a rookie he was a rookie last year damn well and almost rookie (laughs) jose miranda he, he we were talking about him a lot last year when um the fantasy show was not gambling advice as a waiver wire pickup because he's very intriguing, right? For his, you know, in 2021 at the minor league level, he hit 30 home runs. He hit 344 and struck out less than 15% of the time. So kind of ridiculous. And then what do you do? He comes up as a 24 year old last year, strikes out 19% of the time. Hits 15 home runs, hits 270, and down the stretch in the second half of the season, he actually hit 280. Um, 42% hard hit rate. I guess my question is, does he have 30 home run power at the major league level? Like he did it at the at the minor league level. I don't know if he has it at the major league level yet. And that's kind of where I sit. I, I have in my notes written down like how much power question mark. That's exactly what I've written down because I think he's going to make enough contact as we've seen throughout the minors. And um, he did struggle a bit early on. Now he wasn't in the lineup every day. He was playing different positions. I kind of bounced around. It wasn't exactly the most ideal situation for a rookie to be in. Started to get more playing time in the second half, started to level out those numbers more to what we could see going forward with that 280 average 347 on base. The big question is just how much can he impact the baseball and will he be somebody who can touch, you know, 27 to 31 home runs? Or is he going to be somebody more in the, you know, 21 to 24 home run rate range? I don't really know. But if he hits he's 20 guy, plus, I'll be it. ecstatic. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm I'm really in on. Like, I I'm really too. like him. And we didn't even mention where he's being drafted. I mean, he's being drafted, you know, ADP 150. Yeah. You might have to grab him a little above that, but... You know, we we talked about how average is a very scarce category in fantasy baseball. And Jose Miranda will hit for a high average because he doesn't strike out. And I would expect his strikeout rate to cut this year, right? It was 18% in the second half last year. I wouldn't be shocked if it was 15 to 16% this year. He's definitely working on things. You know, seeing a season of MLB pitching is huge. I think the other concern for me, though, Clay, and this isn't going to deter me from drafting him, but we talked about this with Carlos Correa. 
the run production in this Twins lineup was weird last year, right? He played 125 games, Jose Miranda did, 45 runs, 66 RBIs. The projection systems this year have him for, you know, anywhere between 60 and 70 runs in RBIs. Um, so I just kind of wonder what he's in for there. But he hit between first and fourth in this lineup down the stretch last year. So I like it. I'm intriguing. taking him. He's a big draft. Draft him. I think that's that's what we're both yes. on, huh? Okay. Yes. All right. Let's finish off. I know I said this is the top 10, but this is not going to be the top 10. We're going to do in the top 11 today because I want to talk about two guys that I think are the same player. And then I want to talk about another guy that like, it would almost be rude to just like keep him off. Like, I think we just need to talk about him with the this re- like this crop of players and then move on to um, Friday. So. Coming in at number nine and number 10, I'm going to say 9A and 9B. That's how I'm going to get around it. So Brian Hayes will <laughs> You're be copping out on this list. We're copping out here. 9A and 9B, Eugenio Suarez and Matt Chapman. I cannot see a difference between these two players. And they're being taken literally picks from each other. And for good reason, right? Both of these guys have 30 home run power. Eugenio Suarez hit 31 home runs last year, 87 RBIs with a 236 average. Matt Chapman, 27 home runs, 76 RBIs, and a 229 average. Like, they could not be more similar. I think they're genuinely 30 home run guys with average concerns, and they play. They both play in decent enough lineups where they're going to get 80 RBIs, 80 runs, and call it a day. And I wouldn't hate drafting either of them, but I'm also not like, woo. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, well, it's two straight years that Matt Chapman has hit exactly 27 home runs. So you can actually wrote, write that down in ink for 27 home runs this year. These profiles are the same in a lot of ways. High strikeout. So if you're in a league that has a points league with negative strikeout, these players are not going to be valued the same way as you know a lot of other players. But for the most part, you're going to get low average to maybe middling average, depending on if they have a good, you know, just kind of a lucky year. You're going to get low on base and you're going to get high home runs and not like a ton else. Like, I don't personally love it because I feel like I'm going to be able to find home runs elsewhere. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just like not in on this type of player most of the time. Uh, Suarez is striking out over 30% of the time. And that's just, you have to have a lot of luck. And if you look at his season from like 2021, when well, he was he on the Reds, his own everyone, when everyone wanted to get him off the Reds, he had pretty much the same batted ball data as he did last year. Like very similar. So it just goes to show you when you strike out that much, if you're not getting lucky, your entire fantasy value can take. I mean, like, I wouldn't say he gets lucky, though. He creates his own luck. Like, a 15% barrel rate is pretty insane. And he hits the ball in the air enough that, like, yeah. he, that's why he he hits 30-plus, right? That's why he's yeah. – what is what's the stat with Eugenio Suarez, Clay, where he has – doesn't he have the most home runs since, like, 2017 in baseball, 2018? I, I don't know about that. Uh, he, he did have that one year that fluffed those numbers. Pretty but yeah, sure he well, does. It's fine. Um, he's a power hitter who strikes out a lot and doesn't – do like a ton else um 
All right, I'll add this. If you're in an on-base percentage league, I think Matt Chapman is is a legitimate must-draft because in the second half last year, he had a 14% walk rate, a 352 on-base percentage, which is pretty ridiculous considering yeah. he hit 12 home runs over that span and like just pounded in other, other great stats, like a 129 WRC+. plus. He had a great second half. And Matt Chapman also had a 50% hard hit rate last year, which is, you know, pretty dang good. Eugenio Suarez actually had a higher barrel percentage, though. So not as high of a hard hit rate, but high barrel percentage. Yeah, I think these guys are basically the same. So if you need a lot of power and like you just you drafted average early in the draft, you need power. I think it could be a good option. And if you need average, go for Jose Miranda. That's what I would recommend. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about Brian Hayes to end this episode because we're not going to end on a good note today. I I decided I don't want to end on a positive, happy note. Like it's going to be not depressing, but maybe it is depressing because Brian Hayes could be an insanely good hitter and he just chooses not to be for whatever reason. Seven home runs last year, 20 stolen bases, 20 stolen bases. Very intriguing. 244 average and then you look below the surface a little bit and you realize he has a 47 percent hard hit rate and you're like cabrian how do you hit 244 with only seven home runs and a 47 percent hard hit rate it doesn't add up well he's eric hosmer at third base 50 percent ground ball rate last year 56 percent ground ball rate in 2021 he just hates hitting the ball in the air when we know now that hitting the ball in the air is what you should do when you hit the ball hard. But no, Cabrian decided that he doesn't want to hit the ball hard. So, Clay, what's your thought on Cabrian Hayes? Is this like the first guy on this list where you're thinking, I don't really want to draft him? See, I'm kind of in the opposite. Like, I'm willing, I'm willing to draft him as a backup type plan like you know at the end of your roster you need to fill out a couple guys if you want to draft cabrian hayes because he has shown at times in his short mlb career when healthy that he can be good last year was a <laughs> what? Biggest no, what do you mean his, his he rookie shown, year, what has he shown what has he shown other than a let WRC me finish, plus let me finish. less than 90 let me finish 85th percentile or better in average exit velocity max exit velocity and hard hit percentage he hits the ball hard he hits it into the ground He's still a young player. Like, it is not insane to think that he could change to be so. So you would not even. You're falling into the trap. You're so falling into the trap. You're falling into the Eric Hosmer trap right now. Like, oh yeah, Eric Hosmer knows that he could hit the ball in the air and hit thirty home runs. No, they don't know, and they can't change, and they're never going to change, and they're like a toxic girlfriend that you know you should break up with. But you, you can't break up with them because they're kind of cute. But they have this terrible personality on the inside that they won't change for you, Clay. They won't change it for you. You're forgetting the 20 stolen bases. And that is valuable. And that is something that, okay, I'm getting a player, a flyer. A flyer on a player with who can steal 20 bags and hits the ball hard who's still young. Like, it is possible. And if guess what? If it doesn't work out, you can drop him. But you're finding 20 stolen base. You're not type. if it doesn't work out, you're gonna drop him. You you spent a top 20, top 15 pick on this guy, and you're just gonna drop him. If it if a player doesn't work out, you gotta drop him. I'm saying he's worth a chance 
in the draft. In your brain, you're think you're already thinking about dropping Cabrian Hayes. Well, no, I just said if it doesn't work out, you can always just drop him. You're not married to him. <sighs> I mean, the 20 stolen bases is, in, is intriguing, but I, I just don't know if I can stomach it with what else he's bringing to the table. Like, low average, no run production here. Like, the 55 Cabrian runs. In- breakout year, 2023, draft him in the top 10. Like, I I don't even know what you're talking about right now. I'm I'm scared. I I'm very scared. I, I want to make it very clear from Hayes. the beginning. I did. I said take a flyer, a backup. I'm not saying draft this guy to start. You don't want to touch him at all in the draft. I no. I really don't. Like I I, I this is the exact type of player. I've fallen into the trap before with Eric Cosmer, where it's like oh like. 50% hard hit rate, and, like, all he has to do is hit the ball in the air a little bit more. Obviously, he should know that he has to do that. But these guys' swings, they've been swinging a certain way for so long that, like, if you change their entire swing and swing plane, you might fuck up everything. That's the problem. Yeah, That's the problem. So hey, I'm rolling the dice, baby. Let's go. I get legitimately angry when I look at Cabrian Hayes' profile <laughs> because there is so much to dream on. And we didn't, I mean, this is a fantasy show, so we're only talking about offense, but Cabrian Hayes might be the greatest defensive third baseman in baseball. And that might be offensive to Matt Chapman and offensive to, to Nolan Arenado. But Cabrian Hayes is insane over at third base and he's on their level at least. But he just he just has happen. decided that he does not want to hit the ball in the air. And that's the end of my rant. I'm going to stay away because it's a bad lineup anyway. There's not enough run production upside for me. There's not enough home run production upside. The 20 stolen bases is great, but I'll find them elsewhere. Cabrian, that's fair. You're not going to be on my team this year. I'm sorry, buddy. I hope you hit the ball in the air this year. Do it. Like, just please for me, do it. That's just fantasy baseball show or just fantasy baseball whatever i'm fired up right now just fantasy baseball you got colby fired up on a tuesday about cabrian hayes to end this episode if you made it this far i hope you enjoyed that rant uh, we're gonna catch you friday we're gonna break down all the rest of the third baseman that's gonna do it clay i'll see you later we'll talk friday see you later everybody Have a good one.